part of the problem with smoking is that I get really bad dry mouth. <laughs> so, what was I just saying? You've been smoking the devil's blood, <laughs> is what saying. Sanus Lapidus. Welcome to the Mickey Mouse Greenhouse. I'm KK. And I'm Wiggles. And we're here to review Disney Channel original movies. DCOMs. To see if they get a puff or a pass from us in 2020. We are deep into the new season. It's starting to get chilly out here in the world. Oof. Yeah. It's cold out here. KK, it is officially like stew... And chili season. <laughs> it's apple cider, pumpkin spice, fleece stockings. Oh, yeah. Scones. <clears throat> Scone life, if that's true about. <laughs> you made, like, a nice... We made pumpkin pancakes this weekend. Pumpkin pancakes. So we, were, we like, had a seasonal brunch at home. Seasonal nice. brunch. <laughs> but, like yeah. Pinky up on the seasonal brunch. KK and I, while we are still recording at home, we did some home decorating this weekend, and we rearranged the studio. So it's yeah. like we're in a whole new space. So this is really like a PSA for all of us. We've all been inside for six months. Yeah. I'm sure we've been looking at the same spaces. Hey, guess what? Six months is a long-ass time. Clean yeah. your shit. Yeah. Move everything around. Yeah, we like literally moved so much stuff this weekend. Like you said, KK, moving stuff just to like clean it, but also like rearranging. We rearranged three rooms. Our bedroom, I made a home office in our guest room, and our podcast studio. So Podcast studio is awesome. I spent like eight hours building IKEA furniture. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, it feels good. There's, like, a new energy in here. I like it. Yes, I like it's this very, one. very zen. We're, we're zen the fuck out over here. Yeah, we're getting some natural light now. I like it. It's, it's very feng shui. Um, cool. So, KK, what movie did we watch? So, this week... Well, actually, before we get into the movie, do we want to announce what's coming in the coming weeks? Yeah. I thought we would do it at the end, but now is a great time. We gotta do it at the beginning, we gotta do it at the end. We'll plug it a few times. But. But. We are so excited that, you know, we're entering spooky season. Spooky season. What better way to celebrate than with a month full of spooktacular decoms. Spooktacular. <laughs> so this yeah, is this is we haven't October. upgraded the effects on Mickey Mouse Greenhouse. <laughs> if I can do it with my mouth, then we doing it. Other than that, that's it. Yeah. So we're doing four Halloween themed decoms. There were more than four to choose from. So There's a lot of Halloween decoms. We narrowed decoms. it down. Um, and we're going to be doing four decoms. Should we tell them the ones? Or should that be a surprise each week? 
Uh, let's not gonna be a surprise okay. each week. We have our lineup, though. But we do have a lineup, We're and the first one, I'm, I think that everyone's gonna be excited for it. Mm-hmm. It's a popular decom, a fan favorite. <laughs> Don't give it. To I've me. said too much. I've said too much. <laughs> but yeah, so it'll be a fun month, um, and we hope that you know it helps you get into the Halloween spirit a little bit. I feel like. One of the things that I am looking forward to, or that I have enjoyed being in quarantine, is seeing, like, the change in seasons a little bit more. I feel like, because I have (laughs) fewer distractions, I notice things like, oh, this flower blooms at this time. And with fall, I'm like, I'm getting excited both for Halloween and thanksgiving this year just for the sake of like having things to look forward to yeah yeah so yeah just milestones along the way mm-hmm. but uh let's get into today's decom yes. finally after all the <laughs> plug-in and promotion and this one was a very special decom when i was a kid and it is called miracle in lane two yes yeah this movie is um came out in the year 2000 year 2000 and it's based on the real life story of justin yoder and i'm always surprised when i do research and by that i mean read read wikipedia pages donate to wikipedia um of like when these things happen and then when they get a decom made after them, like these events, like this event, this story happened in like the late 90s. So I'm like, it happened and then a movie was like immediately made after it. It just goes to show that like Disney was really trying to plug content and like <laughs> they had to take from recent events. Um, hey, I mean, but, but an amazing story. Yeah. So, it's based off of the real-life story of Justin Yoder, and like I said, this happens in, like, the mid to late 90s, and he is a middle school-age kid. It doesn't say exactly how old he is, though, right? Maybe 12? Yeah, I want to say he's, like, 12 or 11. Yeah. Uh, you know, preteen, and he is wheelchair-bound due to, um... Spina bifida. Spina bifida and uh, hydrocephalus. And so he's been wheelchair-bound his whole life. and But he, he kind of just sees himself as a normal kid. The writers of this film... So we wanna, I did a little bit of research, like I said. And I was like, wow, this movie has some like pretty strong religious undertones. Like, And by pretty strong, I mean like full-out scenes with God. Um, and, God was just in here chilling, literally and, grilling. Yeah, and I was like, this is kind of a weird thing for a decom. So I did some research, and um, Justin is a Mennonite... Um, which is a pretty, not, I was going to say small, but it's, it's not that small group of Christianity where, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I know that it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't know where you're going with it. I don't know. But, okay, so Justin is Mennonite, and the writers of the film attend church with Justin. They know him. And so I was like, oh, that makes sense that, like, the church is the center of these people's lives. Because it's very religious for a decom. Okay, but let's get into it. Let's do it. 
Okay, so like I said, we're first introduced to Justin Yoder and his family, which is his older brother, Seth, who likes playing sports, his dad, who's a professor, but also like a painter, like a handyman type of painter, and their mom, who is an advocate for Justin. I think she sells real estate, and she's referred to as like a mama grizzly bear. Like I said, he was born um, with these conditions that lift, left him wheelchair bound since he was a baby, and he's often referred to as special, like special as in special needs, but he doesn't like to think of himself that way. He just sees himself kind of as a normal kid, and his family has always kind of like fought for him to have normal things. Justin gets along with most everyone. Him and Seth are kind of a tag team, except they have this kind of weird neighbor named Old Man Vic, who's kind of like the Scrooge, the grouch of the neighborhood. He's known as being a pretty private person and he doesn't like kids. And he's the only black guy in the whole movie. He's the only black guy. <laughs> There was, it is 2000 should, after all. <laughs> there should be like a whole like Zoom chat of all the black guys in D-Cops. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Um, so one of the things that, you know, that happens with Justin throughout this movie is that he has these dialogues with God. So it's like he splits off and he's having these non sequiturs where he's talking to God and God like is Like daydreams, kind of. Yeah. And so God is played by... This rate, well, God is embodied by, excuse me, his favorite race car driver, Bobby Wade. <laughs> and so he, you know, in this first scene, he stops and he talks to God and he's like, hey, God, like, I feel like you made a mistake. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not the way I'm supposed to be. And of course, God is like, you know, I don't make any mistakes. And <laughs> he just kind of has to figure out what his purpose is in life and you know gets a good pep talk from God but you know he's still pretty disappointed with the whole situation but anyway Justin has to go to a funeral for his great uncle and as they're going Justin starts daydreaming and thinking about how people remember him when he dies and what they'll say about him and a really self-depreciating scene. He kind of feels like no one will remember him because he didn't do anything. He didn't win any trophies. But but goddamn, did he have a sturdy wheelchair? Like it was one of the top of the line wheelchairs, and it really helped him out. So let's you know let's remember say that it, wheelchair. Let's remember that wheelchair for all it was worth. And right in the middle of the funeral, Seth's trying to. Uh, literally yells out what about me Justin <laughs> Justin excuse me why did I say Seth Justin yells out what about me and embarrasses himself <laughs> at the funeral at what the funeral me? <laughs> <laughs> but later that week Seth who is Justin's older brother and his role model in a lot of ways is playing in a championship uh, soccer game that his dad can't make because his dad has to work. And Seth, you know, is he's a little despondent. You know, he feels like he's he's working really hard. He's really he's really a good he's the captain of the football team. He's on the basketball team, but 
he, he feels like he's second fiddle because his parents have to worry about work and then they have to worry about Justin and the things that Seth do kind of fall by the wayside, which is kind of exemplified by them all sitting around the table and Seth and Justin getting a headache, which launches the entire family into their like panicked emergency, emergency mode because with uh, Justin's conditions, if he has a headache for even a few hours, he could die. But Seth kind of bottles it all up, moves past it, goes to his game, scores the winning goal. Justin, who of course is proudest of him, is just super excited to see his brother get another trophy. And it was ready to, and so Justin is ready to hang out with Seth, but Seth blows him off to hang out with this new girl, mm. which which really makes Justin, you know, disappointed because he feels like, you know, we're the guys. Hoes before bros. Exactly. <laughs> that's what, that's what uh, that's Seth what, was like. No, no, Seth no that's what like, I'm saying. That's what he was doing. He's Seth was like, nah, man, I want the host. <laughs> but Justin was like, nah, man, we're bros. <laughs> <laughs> So the next day at breakfast, we learned that Justin has spent his life basically in and out of the hospital, and he's had 24 major surgeries. He has a shunt that's in his head, and if it malfunctions, he'll get headaches. His family isn't sure how to reconcile which one is a good one and which is a bad one, so every time he gets one, it's like, emergency. But Mm -hmm. Justin is having a hard time and really racking his brain because he wants to figure out how to leave his mark in the world. Mm -hmm. He wants to figure out how he can do that. And the way he wants to do that is to earn a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's starting to feel a little left out. And he's like, how do I get this trophy? So on his way home from school one day, or maybe on his way to school... Um, they were hanging out, like, walking to school with Justin, Seth, Seth's, Seth's new girlfriend, or Boothang, Ho, and... She <laughs> Well, because we said Ho before Bro. She's, she's a nice young lady. <laughs> and, like, their friend who's the paper boy. And he's, like, delivering the papers, and some of them fall, and they're trying to scramble to get them, and... Justin, like, you know, picks up this piece of trash from the newspaper, like this flyer for, like, baseball tryouts. He he has to ask his family. So he does size someone's tryout. He has to ask his family. And he's, like, at the family dinner table. He's like, so why don't we all talk about our day? And he was, like, being really awkward. And then he was like, fine, I want to tell you I want to play baseball. And so... Every time that Justin, like, I guess just how they settle things in the family is, like, they cut to, like, this court scene where, like, one person will be the judge and the other person will be the jury. One person will be the lawyer. And they're, like, debating these, they're, like, hashing these things out. I thought that these scenes were actually pretty funny. I like how they did them. And so Justin is, like, pleading and telling his reasons why he wants to join baseball and the dad and the brother are like no but the mom is like again mama grizzly she's always like fighting for justin 
and she's like, no, like, we're going to get him to try out. So, the next day, they go to tryouts, and, like, the fucking coach or whoever he is, like, asshole parent who's at the registration table, sees Justin... Like, this is the dickest dude in yeah. all of movies. Yeah, he sees Justin roll up, and he's like, oh, you can't try out because you're in a wheelchair, and... And so Mrs. Yoder starts like flipping out, obviously, and she's like telling him why he should be able to play, and like he's just like any other kid, like except for the fact that he's in a wheelchair. And meanwhile, Justin this whole time is just like sipping Slurpee. He's like gulping it down, and he throws up all over the registration guy. So needless to say, that doesn't work out. After that, he decides to try out for chess. And this is why I think he's 12, because I think they try to put him in, like, the 10-year-old division. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to compete at the younger age group. Like, um, I've got this in the bag. And then he, I don't know how chess works, but he loses to his Yeah, he gets his ass. He's, like, much younger than him. Yeah. And as he's leaving the chess tournament, he rolls by this car show and what catches his eye actually is that there's this big trophy on the table at this car show and he asks this guy he's like oh what is this for and he's like oh yeah like each person gets a vote and he sees old man thick and his corvette um his old like what is it what was it 64 or 68 corvette i'm not sure Um, but it was a classic yeah and He's like, oh, is is old man Vic going to win? And the guy is like, no, I don't think so. And Justin wants his trophy. So he goes over to old man Vic and he introduces himself. And he's like, I can help. Like, people will, like, essentially pity me if I'm with you. And people will donate to the kid in the wheelchair. And so old man Vic is like, no. But then he's like, okay, yeah, good plan. And so they win this trophy. Old Man Vic is kind of weird about things, and I think he's like, yeah, I'll swing by with the trophy later on. And so, meanwhile, Seth has been going to some random doctor's appointments, they keep saying, like, oh, he he has to go to the doctor, he has to go to the doctor. He's like, how often is he going to the doctor? And when he was at the car show, he asked, he saw his doctor. And he was like, oh, how's Seth doing? And the doctor was like, Justin, what are you talking about? And Justin's like, well, I I know my brother's been going to the doctor. And she's like, well, he's not coming to me. So Justin does some peeking around, finds out that his brother has, is going to see, like, a therapist. And also, like, when playing detective, he, like, finds his parents' strawberry-flavored lube which is funny. So it's kind of weird. And he's like, that's just a random little like storyline. And then next thing you know, Justin one day is at the doctor's office and old man Vic comes to drop off the box, which has the trophy in it. When Justin gets home, he tries to go over to old man Vic's house to pick up the trophy. And that's when things go south. Go south. They go south. So yeah, old man Vic comes by and tries to drop off the trophy for <clears throat> for Justin. 
He can't. He He's really awkward about it and doesn't wait around to give the trophy to anybody. Just goes home and goes to do some other errands. Justin goes over to Old Man Vic's house, doesn't find him there, and then goes around back and sees that the garage is open. So, with the garage open, he figures, well, if I just grab the trophy, no harm, no foul, it's my trophy anyway. And so he goes poking around the garage. Literally poking. Yeah, poking around, (laughs) trying to knock something off a very high shelf with a broomstick and knocks all of the shelves over directly onto Mr. Vic's gorgeous car, which then rolls down the driveway and breaks his bumper. So, like, fucked up his classic car that he was hyping up just a few days ago. Yeah. And it's about to go down. So, his punishment, which was determined in family court was to help old man Vic clean his yard and clean stuff around the house. And the only thing he was forbidden from doing is checking out the shed. Now, the shed was completely off limits. Anything that he needed to do, anything he needed to get as far as tools and stuff was in the garage. All his work was going to be in the yard. So, boom, boom. That's all he needed to do. So, of course, that's the one thing that he doesn't do. He decides, after a few days of him and old man Vic building a rapport, he's like, hey, I should check out what's in that shed, even though he specifically told me this is the one thing you shouldn't do. Why is he so... Yeah, yeah. He just does not give a fuck. But he gets into the shed, and what he finds is that the shed is full of trophies that old man Vic won with his daughter. His daughter at the time was about the same age as Justin is now and they were racing boxcars and they were really good at it apparently and apparently old man Vic was also a very good mechanic in his own right and had been in a NASCAR pit crew and so You know, while Justin is looking at all this memorabilia, he turns on an old reel and watches old man Vic and his daughter win a race. Mm -hmm. And so just as Justin's getting really excited about everything that's going on, old man Vic gets back home, (sighs) sees him in the shed, and fucking loses it. He tells... He tells Justin, you know, never come back. You know, don't don't come back here. Get out. I, I mean, he didn't say, I hate you. He was, <laughs> he was mature about it. He was still talking to a child. But he yelled at him. He was like, get out. And so Justin, excuse me, Justin is set, though, and tells his family over dinner that he wants to be a boxcar racer. And so they all tell him it's a great soapbox. idea. Soapbox, excuse me. <laughs> a soapbox racer. And they all think it's a great idea. But the only person who can help him is Old Man Vic. And Old Man Vic is absolutely not going to help him because he was a fucking jackass. It's fair. And so, it's alright though. Justin and his dad start going about the business of building their box car, their soapbox car and, you know, trying to figure out how to make it 
you know, competitive. And of course, old man Vic being like, you know, the old dad over the grill watching you fuck up. It's just like, you know, get get out of the way. Get out of the way. Let me show you how to do this. Yeah. And so, just like that, the team becomes Justin, dad, old man Vic, and they're a soapbox team. So, old man Vic takes them to their first soapbox derby race and is telling them rules and explaining the sport. And meanwhile, Seth, the whole time is kind of like being annoying and saying that it isn't a sport. He's like, it's not, it's not a sport. It's just gravity. And Vic is like, no, like, let me tell you all of the stuff that goes into this. Like, you know, obviously the shape of it, like the weight, but every car actually, like car and rider have to be the same weight. So it's like how you're distributing the weight, you know, all of these types of things, like learning how to read the road. And so Justin is getting pumped, but who's actually getting like more hyped is Justin's dad. Mr. Yoder is like losing his shit and he's like, yeah, this is going to be great. Like we've got this, you know, so they, they get started on building the car and old man Vic is helping them out. And Justin's dad, Mr. Yoder is really getting into this and he's, you know, really helping Justin out in a way that Seth is starting to get a little bit jealous of. So because the dad works two jobs, sometimes he isn't able to make it to Seth's games. And and Mr. Yoder was at home working on like the design of the car, trying to figure out the hand, like the brake situation. And Seth is like, yo, dad, I have my like end of season, like playoff game, playoff baseball game uh, can you be there and he was like yeah, yeah yeah I'll be there I'll be there just have to figure this out and it turns out that dad did not show up to Seth's game and not only did he like not show up Seth got like a double hitter a no hitter a no hitter which is a once in a lifetime opportunity I guess I don't know <laughs> much about baseball but Seth is pissed that his dad didn't show up and he feels like it's all Justin's fault and he's just being like a little brat but the dad explains to him like hey I have to be here for Justin right now because he's not like the other kids like he doesn't get to just do sports like I need to do this with him they finally get the soapbox road ready and Justin is so excited to try it out but unfortunately his first run ended in a crash and old man Vic found like the wires had been crossed and it was like messing up like the steering steering and when Justin crashed he goes home and Seth's in the yard with his like GF and best friend I was gonna say GF and BF and Justin's like this is all your fault you fucked with my car you you see a shrink, you have anxiety, and you're messed up in the head. And then Seth is like, yeah, well, you suck, and our whole family's fucked because of you, and I wish you were dead. And it was like, it was a stinging scene to watch. So they both get into this huge fight, and Justin finally makes it to his first official race. And he is competing, and he does it. He does his first race and he is hooked. He has the need for speed now. 
he has this thrill, he's doing these races, he's winning, he's competing, and yeah, it's like a beautiful montage that we get of him traveling, traveling the states, going to soapbox races. Yeah, so unfortunately he's still yet to get that elusive trophy, and it's getting down to the end of the season, Mm -hmm. and he has to qualify for nationals. But his mom is trying not to put too much pressure on Justin. Mm-hmm. So while Justin is you know, getting a lot of encouragement from his dad and from old man Vic. I, I feel like we should stop calling him old man Vic. He's just That's Vic. That's what they call him, though. He's just Vic. He's just a I black know. dude I can't named Vic. Say, I can't not say old man Vic. He's, okay, so just the black... That, that nigga Vic. <laughs> <laughs> Penny the podcast dog had to shake it out. <laughs> So, so anyway, like, Justin is starting to get a headache, but he feels like, hey, I can push through. And remember, know. headaches are really bad for him. Yeah, so he feels like, yeah, I can push through, I can finish this race, I don't want to, you know, he's at the starting line, he doesn't want to, like, make a scene, maybe it's, you know, just one of those other headaches, he'll just finish this race and deal with it, um, but... The headache is so unbearable that he passes out while he's driving his soapbox and and has a really intense crash. Like, mm-hmm. it was bad. Like, yeah. even watching it, I was like, shit, like, that was violent as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but they had to rush him to the emergency room and do an emergency procedure to replace, to replace his shunt, shunt which, was, which had malfunctioned. You know, his doctor is, is, you know, she's kind of scolding him. She's like, hey, like, you know the signs for this. Like, you know, why would you ignore them? Like, you have to be serious about this. And, you know, he promises not to do that again. But Justin's parents are terrified because this is the thing that they were most worried about. That he would finally get to be in a sport and then would be in danger because of his conditions. While he's in the hospital, who should be the one to visit Justin then? God himself. Well, not literally God himself. (laughs) But his idol, the real Bobby Wade, who shows up to visit him after hearing his story about, you know, having these issues but competing in the soapbox races and having this crash, unfortunately. And so he has a race in town and he stops by his hospital bed to give him some encouragement and a few driving tips. And, you know, Justin even gives him a driving tip with his bedpan. (laughs) But overall, it's like the kind of encouragement that Justin needs to get back on the horse and compete at nationals that he qualified for as an alternate. Everybody is super excited except for Seth. Who was pissed? Like, Seth is like, look, you guys are, are fucking around. Like, he can do this. Like, he almost just died. Like, you guys can't all be happy. But, you know, the rest of the family is like, no. Like, this is his choice. And we're going to support him. He loves this. He's doing a great job. But you can tell that Seth is, is just really having a hard time dealing with his brother. He can tell that he really loves his brother, but... It's also very hard for him to feel like he's second place and has to understand why. But, I mean, he's he's also a kid, too, who needs his own... He needs his own village. So, as 
so Justin and the family choose to go to nationals and Vic just in time <laughs> just in time so Vic rides with Justin in the Corvette that you know again Justin had damaged earlier and Vic had been so protective over because of you know trying to preserve things and keep things and you know while he's riding with Justin he opens up about how his daughter passed away in a swimming accident and then his wife passed away a year later and you know he just slipped into a depression and you know kind of kept himself walled off and that kind of contributed to how he you know kept certain parts of his his life walled off like his his Corvette like his shed he didn't want to share those things but because of Justin's earnest tomfoolery he was able to uh, let go of some of that coldness and, you know, break out of his shell. And when they get to Nationals, Justin is, you know, super happy, but he's a little intimidated by some of the other drivers there who are a little bit more experienced than him. But overall, he's having a great experience. Unfortunately, there's some other drivers who are just plain haters Mm -hmm. and this this guy who's the coach dad of all coach dads like he's a jerk who spent all this money to you know dyna test their uh soapbox in the wind tunnel so that you can get the best drag resist like whatever (laughs) he snoops on justin's car which is a major no-no and finds Justin's handbrake. Yeah. And reports him to the judges like a snitch-ass Takashi. Yeah. Because the soapbox derby rules are super strict, all the cars have the same handbrake in the... have the same brake in the foot. And so they vote on the panel as to whether or not they should disqualify Justin for having a different car, like having a non-conforming car. And but it's like an accommodation specifically for this. Yeah, it's an accommodation specifically to fit the needs of somebody who is paraplegic. And just as it looks like the panel is about to bring the hammer down and disqualify Justin, Seth saves the day by coming in with a bunch of journalists to say like, Hey, go ahead and say that this kid in a wheelchair can't compete now. <laughs> And you know, say, speaking to the mics there, and of course they fold, and they let Justin compete, and Justin gets all the way to the finals, and in you know our last takeaway scenes, Justin it kind of all comes together for him, and he ends up winning the whole shebanga bang at nationals, and finally gets his trophy. That big ass trophy. Big ass trophy energy. <laughs> You know, there's some other scenes. We'll talk about it, how it ends. But, you know, what we get basically from the ending is the real story of Justin Yoder and how Justin's break was invented, which is literally the break that he used and was almost disqualified for using. Mm-hmm. But it allows people who are uh, differently abled to compete in soapbox races using a handbrake instead of a footbrake. 
Good. So it was overall amazing. Yeah. Should we get into our review? Let's do it. Okay. So <laughs> we just want to say first and foremost, mm-hmm. thank you, Frankie Munez, because thank you, Frankie Munez. This was an amazing decom. Although, can I just say? Can I Tell just me. say? That was also okay. Frankie Muniz delivered. This was an amazing, amazing decom. But I'm also like a big advocate for like if someone is going to play a role, then they should try and hire someone, like an actor, who has lived through that, right? So maybe not everything, but like there are plenty of actors. I don't want to say that there are plenty. I'm assuming that there are actors who are qualified I think there are plenty. who are wheelchair bound, right? Yeah. I think like the same way, you know, we want LGBT characters to be played by LGBT actors and actresses, right? So it's just representation. But Frank Muniz delivered. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, and I mean like for decoms in the year two thousand, it's like woof. To yeah. have one black guy and it wasn't like explicitly like about his race was, you know, mm-hmm. a different move. <laughs> so, yeah. It was it was an amazing movie. Also, like, the acting overall was great. Like, thought, I'm not yeah. even just saying uh, Justin. Like, all of the, all of the cast was really good. Yeah, the entire cast did great jobs. And all of the characters, and I mean, I guess this is what happens when you have something that's based on a true story, but all of the characters felt really well-rounded, and they did do a good job of making conflict out of their personal interactions in a way that felt real and not cheap. It didn't turn into, like, a sports movie. I appreciated that there was no problematic dad. There was no problem like, with that. Because although Seth had some, like, you know, just struggles with his dad because he felt like he wasn't showing up, like, he wasn't problematic. He no. wasn't showing up because he was, like, literally trying to be able to, like, give his family the best life. Yeah. And, like, the highest quality of life. So, no problematic dad, which was so refreshing. Like, in fact, two encouraging parents. Pretty good depth of character for almost all of the characters. There was some great dialogue. Like, this movie was funny. Like, in a non, like, comedic way. Like, it wasn't intentionally, like, laugh track funny. But there was, like, the, the writing, the writing was really good. Yeah. The writing was was great. I really enjoyed the scenes with Bobby Wade, with God Wade, <laughs> God, Gotti Wayne, because um, it it just kind of like was like a a tone break in a way that allowed uh, the char- the main character to be honest in a way that allowed us to feel like we were in their head. Mm-hmm. As well as just like somebody watching the movie, I'm really breaking this down a lot, but it was a very it good, good. decom. I also <clears throat> I also liked how like they talked about mental illness and like both with Seth dealing with anxiety and like kind of breaking that down, 
And then old man Vic, who was like dealing with grief and depression. Yeah. And so it was like, just kind of, we haven't really seen that in a decom. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, we barely see it in, in movies now where people talk about therapy in a way that doesn't seem like you're broken trying to fix something, where it's just kind of like, okay, this there's something traumatic that happened to him or is happening to him, mm-hmm. and he needs to unpack that, and he needs to do that in ways that are like comfortable and private to him, and he's doing that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's it. It just kind of presented it in a wholly accurate way as as, a, ah, as opposed to presenting it as, you know, I go into the doctor's office for a few sessions and I come out and I'm cured. Yeah. So, the only thing that I will say was, like, a cringeworthy moment slash moment that was funny or high was the very last scene. What? <laughs> okay, so this whole movie... Really, I just jumped on the microphone for this. So this whole movie is this last scene. It is the most cringeworthy scene in any decom. And I say that to say I still recommend this movie. You should watch oh, it. This is like a funny scene, though. This was, like, scene funny was so. So as Wiggles alluded to earlier, this movie is has religious undertones. In the final scene, which we didn't describe earlier, Justin. speaks with God after winning his trophy and he asks God you know what is it like how are people in heaven and and he he asks him are are people like are people disabled in heaven basically like are people like do you make people perfect in heaven and he said and God says do you want to see and of course like which was weird. It's like, do you want to see one implied to me that, that God was going died. to take that child's life? Like, I thought that <laughs> that's what was going to happen. Like, I was like, no, KK, he's still alive today. <laughs> yeah, I was like, the fuck? But he was like, hey, like, what's going on in heaven? And God was like, do you want to find out? And he was like, I don't know if I want to say yes to that proposition. <laughs> but, but he shows him heaven... And there are angels, like, so little kids in white robes, <laughs> in wheelchairs, <laughs> and, you know, they have wings, kind of, you know... I'm two, just like, did all these little kids in wheelchairs die? I mean, I guess, this year 2000's Photoshop behind them, <laughs> they just have them floating around. Like, that's the thing, it's like, I don't know. It was, it was it's, funny. It was It was crazy. very bad. It's one of those things where it felt like... It was both very bad, and then even for the time, I felt like was actually solid, which makes me feel like it was bad, and they spent a lot of money on it. Yeah. <laughs> but... It was a good movie. Really it was a good movie, but if you get to that part, like, make sure that the edibles have kicked in, because you'll be full... Tears. I mean, it's the very end of the movie, yeah. Yeah, you'll be full tears and and dra- dramatics with this movie. It's a great movie. Are there any moments of montage that stuck out to you? No, there really was only. I was thinking about it. I think there was only one montage scene, which is when 
um, he was going from state to state going to these derbies. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a lot of montages, which was good. Yeah. It was a tight script. Yeah. So, there's only one more question to ask. Mm Mm-hmm. Would this movie get a puff or a pass from you in 2020? I love this movie. I'm giving it a double puff. Double puff. Puffs up. Deep puffs. Yeah, I'm with the same with the same train. Deep deep inhales on this one. Mm-hmm. It's a great decom. It's something where you can watch with your kids, and you can watch it yourself. And it's dramatic. It's fun. It's funny. Like, Frankie Muniz is funny in it. And, yeah, it's got a lot of heart. It's got fun characters. Not nearly as much problematic shit. If you want to see, you know, wheelchair angels, it's got that too. Yeah. So, this was great. We are going to take a break next week. So, we're going to start prepping a little early for... Our Halloween spooktacular. Um, so we want a little bit of time to prep for that. So you can catch us in a couple weeks. When it is officially October, it is officially spooky season. Spooky. <laughs> and we can't wait to do this with you. Yeah. From the greenhouse. I'm KK. And I'm Wiggles. And we will see you soon in spooky October. Catch you next time.